The MarTech Podcast is a proud member of the I Hear Everything Podcast Network. Looking to launch or scale your podcast? I Hear Everything delivers podcast production, growth, and monetization solutions that transform your words into profit. Ready to give your brand a voice? Then visit IHearEverything.com. From advertising to software as a service to data, Across all of our programs and clients, we've seen a 55 to 65% open rate. Getting brands authentically integrated into content performs better than TV advertising. Typical lifespan of an article is about 24 to 36 hours. If we're reaching out to the right person with the right message and a clear call to action, then it's just a matter of timing. Welcome to the MarTech Podcast, and I hear everything production. In this podcast, you'll hear the stories of world-class marketers that use technology to drive business results and achieve career success. We'll unearth the real-world experiences of some of the brightest minds in the marketing and technology space so you can learn the tools, tips, and tricks they've learned along the way. Now here's the host of the MarTech Podcast, Benjamin Shapiro. Welcome to the MarTech Podcast. I'm your host, Benjamin Shapiro, and today we're going to talk a little startup marketing. Joining us is Melissa Kwan, who is the co-founder and CEO of eWebinar, which is the leading automated webinar platform that saves people from doing the same webinar over and over and over again for sales demos, marketing content, and onboarding. eWebinar turns any video into an automated webinar that you can set on a reoccurring schedule so you never have to do the same one twice. And in addition to providing us with our guest today, eWebinar is also a sponsor of the MarTech Podcast. Yesterday, Melissa and I talked about why startup marketing isn't what it used to be. And today we're going to continue the conversation talking about prioritization for startup marketers. All right, here's the second part of my conversation with Melissa Kwan, the queen of webinars and the co-founder and CEO of eWebinar. Melissa, welcome back to the MarTech Podcast. Thanks for having me, Ben. Do you like how I dropped in that you're the queen of webinars? Yeah. That was new for me. I was a little <laughs> ad lib. I don't think that you really want to be the queen of webinars because I think <laughs> even though you run a webinar business that you realize that the world is anti-webinar because everybody's doing individual webinars, not using e-webinars to basically allow yourself to not have to re-record and do them all the time. I mean, I'm anti-webinar in the sense that our product exists to save people from doing webinars. So I'm almost like the queen of anti-webinars. Doing a webinar is a pain in the ass. So if you're going to do it, you should be able to reuse it ad nauseum. And that's your whole shtick. And look, we talked about this yesterday. We made the cognitive decision. You made the decision that we are not just going to sit here and talk about webinars. Even though you're a sponsor of the MarTech podcast and you run eWebinar, we're going to talk about startup marketing. And yesterday we talked about the changes in startup marketing. You can't just buy your way in anymore. Yeah, it's too bad though. <laughs> oh, it was nice. Performance marketing is not gone. It's just not the only thing you could do to build a brand and it's getting prohibitively expensive. That's, that's the problem. So we talked yesterday, you're building a personal brand, you're understanding who your customers are, you're trying to get in front of them, you're integrating yourself and your employees into the communities around where your customers hang out, you're getting other people to talk about you. Let's go back to the beginning. We just launched I Hear Everything. We actually launched it last year, but we're refocusing and we're a content as a service brand now. This creator thing that I've been doing for six years, we're putting it on the shelf. It's not the priority. All I care about is finding brands that want to scale their content marketing. 
how would you tell me to prioritize my marketing efforts? Where do I start? What do I do first? And how do I get from nobody knows about us to everybody's buying our products? Well, I would say that as a startup, the thing that's universally true is you should exhaust all of your free marketing channels first. Right? Like that's what I had to do. And well, I don't know a lot about media and creator marketing because I'm in software. But for example, like some of those free channels would be like Product Hunt, like launching on Product Hunt. I mean, it's not as big of a deal as it was before, but there's still a huge community. Lots of people are on there every day. And it's easy to put your product and launch it out there. And it's just like, now you have a page on Product Hunt that you can point people to. And I would think about more creative channels that a lot of people aren't in. So answering questions on Quora, for example, is not something that a lot of people do, but there's a lot of traffic on there. I'm going to stop you. I have to stop you. You <laughs> skipped the most important part of prioritization. And this is what all marketers, myself included, do. So let me put on my marketing consultant hat and say, stop. You missed step one. And this is what everybody does. They build their product, they get their pages live, and then they just start promoting the crap out of them. And they don't actually stop to think about who they're marketing to, right? What the foundation of your marketing program is. What do your customers need? We talked about this a little bit yesterday. Step one, when you are a startup marketer, is figure out who you're trying to get in front of. Figure out what they need and then figure out where they are and start actually doing the outreach. We can go into Product Hunt and Quora and SEO and Twitter and these social channels and that social channels and none of it matters if you don't know what the problem your product is trying to solve. Marketing is not advertising. Advertising is a part of marketing. You have to understand the market first. To me, I will die on this hill. If you start getting excited once you've got your first web page live or once you've got your first product and you're just sending it everywhere, you are wasting cycles. You need to focus on product market fit first. You're a startup. But wouldn't you be doing that before you have your product? <laughs> if you already have a product to market, I would imagine, I would hope that you've already done all that. Yeah, but you're a marketer and the engineers are the ones that are building the product a lot of the time. Now, look, start early stage startup, bootstrap startups, you're probably doing both. But let's make a little assumption here that there's a, a small team working on this. Somebody's developing the product and they've got a concept and they're doing their user testing and all this stuff. And then they say, hey, marketer, you're hired. Go get us customers. We don't have any money. All the money went to your salary. Go get them. Let me just start throwing shit up on the wall and seeing what sticks. That's not the way. That's not the way. You got to do your homework first. Sorry. I get excited about this. <laughs> These are our startup episodes and this is a debate. I believe that you need to do your homework first. Yeah. I mean, I was assuming that I had already done my homework. It's just, it's one of those things. And, and I don't mean to jump down your throat. Don't get me wrong. But this is what everybody does. I mentioned I worked as a marketing consultant and most of my clients were B2C round funded relatively early stage, but have some product market fit that would then bring in an expensive consultant to pay 25 grand for six weeks worth of work to go interview 10 people to figure out what their customers want. Because they were now a C round funded company that still didn't understand their own market. So people do make this problem all the time as they sit there. They're not intentional. They start promoting without understanding what the customer's needs are, and then they waste cycles and they waste dollars, and they're promoting channels where there just isn't an active community for your customers. So to me, that's step number one, like prioritization, 
find 10 people you can interview and ask them about what they want, where they're looking, what they need to hear, and they will give you the answers to the quiz. When you are prioritizing what you're doing as a marketer, you need to start with understanding your market, period, full stop. What's step two? Assuming that you've done your research now, so people are telling you where they're hanging out, I'm assuming step two is you would find those channels and execute your plan on that. (laughs) You win. You're right. I mean, there's not really much to do. You're like, they've already answered the quiz. That's the point is you don't have to guess now. You asked your customers where you should be prioritizing. You have to evaluate the size of the channel and you got to figure out what content's right for the channel. Let me throw this back at you, right? Like you're doing the research. What kind of questions are you asking these 10 potential customers? Do people know where they are? Like, do people know how to answer those questions in a way that helps you come up with that plan? Or are you like reading between the lines? Melissa, you're, you're an eWebinar customer. Ta-da. So I see you've been using eWebinar for six months. What was the trigger for you? What made you decide that you needed to look into a solution like eWebinar? What was the problem you were having? Oh, I was doing the same demo over and over, and I was just so sick of doing them. So you were tired of the process of doing webinars. Yeah. Were webinars an effective channel for you? Yeah. I mean, it's where 90% of our leads come from. So you were looking for ways to scale and take the heavy lifting off of your plate. When you were looking for your last webinar solution before you kind of made this decision to start to scale, what were the things that you were thinking about? Like what drove you to that channel in the first place? I wanted to do demos that were one-to-many because doing them one-on-one was just taking up too much time. And when you started to look for those solutions, pre-e-webinar, you're, you're looking for your first webinar solutions. What were you looking for? Like what actually made you decide one vendor versus the other? I was looking for something that could automate the process so I didn't have to do them live, but I was also looking for something that was interactive and allowed me to chat with my customers, maybe on text, even if I'm not there. And where did you look for those types of solutions? I asked some friends, see if they were using something that was similar. And then I just searched on Google. Okay. So you're searching on Google. You're looking for content that's out there. You mentioned you asked friends. Which friends did you reach out to first? Were they your old boss? Were they peers of yours? What were? Give me a sense of like titles or who did you think would have this information? Yeah, they were just, you know, my startup founder friends. I, I belong to a few entrepreneur communities, you know, on WhatsApp and on Slack. So just asking some questions there. Give me an example of a community. Startupfounders.com. Okay, we'll put a plug in it there. Now what I've gotten from you is I look for startup founders. I looked at a forum called startupfounders.com. I can go find startupfounders.com and find five or 10 similar forums, right? That's the beauty of Google or ChatGPT. You can find these things at scale what the other communities are. But now I know the underlying problem you're trying to solve. I'm looking for an interactive way to replace myself in sales demos at scale. So now I know the language that I'm going to go to the community. I'm going to go into startupfounders.com and ask, hey, has anybody had a problem with running into the feeling like you're always doing sales demos? How are you getting around that? Like, what's the right solution to this problem? I'm starting a product to try to solve this, and I want to understand people's problems. And then all of a sudden, you're asking the community for feedback, and you're getting integrated, you're building relationships, and you've got to incorporate their feedback into what you're doing, and now you're not selling yourself. 
you're contributing to a community and you had your friends and families, those startup founders that you're looking for, telling you what their problem is and what you want to say. You just mine everybody else for the answers. You don't have to make it up yourself. So I feel like I'm preaching here and hopefully I'm preaching to the choir of how do you go and you figure out who your tribe is and what do you say? But this is about prioritization. There's 15 different channels that you can reach out to. There's, you know, the communities you're going to search on Google. You can focus on Twitter. You can, you know, start reaching out to people on Skype. I don't think Skype is really much of a thing anymore, but, it, you know, you could if you wanted to. How do you figure out what to prioritize when you've got all these different channels in front of you? I think for me as a startup founder, that's very, very bootstrapped. Say there's like 10 different channels in front of me. I always look for what's the lowest hanging fruit first. What's possible? What can I do in the shortest amount of time with the highest ROI? That's how I always evaluate. And then of course, the next layer is like, what's the reach? Is it something that I can learn very quickly? For example, something like SEO, that's not something that I can learn overnight. Like I'm not even wired to do something like that. Even though I know that's important, it's not something that I can pursue. But something like podcasting, for example, is just something I started last year. So I think I just look at number one is what is the quickest thing that I can achieve? And number two is what is something that gives me the farthest reach, but is also within my capacity? Because you're always racing against time when you're running a startup, especially if you're bootstrapping a startup like we are. You know, I think the most important word that you said is it's I. I started podcasting six years ago because I felt comfortable being in front of the microphone. I didn't feel comfortable being in YouTube. I don't want to sing and dance. And doing product demos and doing all the editing and all this stuff isn't a skill set that I felt I had. So you're right in the sense to me of doing your homework and understanding the reach, the potential impact of a channel. Like you got to be a smart marketer and understand how big the opportunity is in a given channel. But you also have to be the one who's executing that marketing channel because at these early stage startups, when you're a startup founder and a marketer, you got to do it yourself. It was actually one of the biggest mistakes I made at my last startup was I was responsible for all the performance marketing. And I'm smart enough to be dangerous. But when it came into scaling that as a channel, I'm a slow designer and my math skills are a B plus, not an A plus. So I was sitting here trying to figure out how to make sense of a large data set. And then in reality, what I was doing was spending most of my time designing ads. And then my boss came and said, you know what? All you're doing is sitting there in front of Pixelmator and trying to make ads look pretty instead of focusing on actually getting customers. This isn't working out. In reality, that was our best channel. And I was just trying to optimize. I was spending all my time because the creative actually makes a difference. I... I is an important part in your marketing channel. I is the person that actually has to do the work. And in each channel, there are different skill sets required. So part of it is where the customers are. And part of it is where you can actually contribute and make an impact and make great content because that's what ends up building the relationship with your customers. I mean, I think that's a really important point. Like last weekend, I just spent a few hours with this master marketer. He's one of those people that are so good that you can't hire them because the best marketers do it for themselves. And we're in these conversations and I always feel a little bit overwhelmed because marketing is just not something that's natural to me. But he's like, oh, you should do this, you should do this and you should try these ads and all these funnels. And I'm thinking, yeah, I know what you're talking about, but I have no idea what you're talking about at the same time. So even though there are 10 different ways that you can market your startup, 
it is so important to not follow someone else's idea of what could be successful. Because that's one way to get super distracted, right? Of course, I know I should go and learn that, but you have 10 years behind you and I'm hearing this for the first time. So I could go and drop everything I'm doing right now that is kind of effective, but now you're trying to convince me that something else is super effective. So I think that's the hardest thing as a startup founder is what are the few things I'm going to focus on that I know is going to work that I can do that has impact versus all the other things that other people think you should do. Because for some reason, they're always better than what you're already doing, right? Someone else always has a better idea of how you should run your business. Everyone always has their playbook. When you're a marketer, you're making dinner. There's lots of different ways to make a dinner, right? Some good, some bad, some better than others. But look, is delicious Chinese food better than delicious pizza? No, it's just a different way to feed a family. And the point is, you have to figure out how to do it your way. And to me, the things that are going to help you do that is having an understanding of who your customer is, what your business model looks like to make sure that you're going to be effective, understand the marketing channel to know what the time and effort it's going to take to get it to actually be productive and scale, and then make sure that you have the skills to execute that channel. I'm not pretty enough to be on YouTube. I don't want my face splashed everywhere. Sometimes I pick my nose while I'm recording and nobody needs to see that. Podcasting is the right channel for me as a marketer. I also have to know my audience and know that there's a need and that people are looking for content and find an opportunity. That's how I ended up doing this. Melissa, you've got a different marketing strategy than I did. Tell me what led you into eWebinar's marketing strategy. What led me into eWebinar's marketing strategy is realizing as a shock that this was not a company that could grow through a sales-led approach. I was forced into that position. All my years in, in startups and when, even when I was working for other companies, I was a salesperson. I was not a marketer. So I thought like I could grow this company just through one-on-one sales, like what I used to do. But the price point at which our product sits, like a hundred bucks start, is not a sales-led product. It has to be a marketing-led, customer-led, product-led strategy. So I was kind of forced into this because I was just wasn't prepared for it. Sometimes the market will tell you what your marketing strategy should be. Your business needs what it needs, not what you want it to need. And that wraps up this episode of the MarTech Podcast. Thanks for listening to my conversation with Melissa Kwan, the co-founder and CEO of eWebinar. Join us again tomorrow when Melissa and I talk about why social selling matters so much. If you can't wait until our next episode and you'd like to learn more about Melissa, you can find a link to her LinkedIn profile in our show notes. You can contact her on Twitter. Her handle is Miss Kwan. That's M-S-S-K-W-A-N. Or you can visit her company's website, which is eWebinar.com. Just one more link in our show notes I'd like to tell you about. If you didn't have a chance to take notes while you were listening to this podcast, head over to martechpod.com where we have summaries of all of our episodes and contact information for our guests. You can also subscribe to our weekly newsletter, or you can even send us your topic suggestions or your marketing questions, which we'll answer live on our show. Of course, you can always reach out on social media. Our handle is martechpod, M-A-R-T-E-C-H-P-O-D, on LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Or you can contact me directly. My handle is Ben J. Shap, B-E-N-J-S-H-A-P. And if you haven't subscribed yet and you want a daily stream of marketing and technology knowledge in your podcast feed, we're going to publish an episode every day this year. So hit the subscribe button in your podcast app and we'll be back in your feed tomorrow morning. All right, that's it for today. But until next time, my advice is to just focus on keeping your customers happy.
Thanks for listening to the MarTech Podcast, and I hear everything production. Looking to launch or scale a podcast like this one for your brand? Then visit IHearEverything.com.